Hey, welcome to another episode of Who Asked You Tattoo. I'm Robia, and today I am talking with Sierra Colt from Bearcat Tattoo. How are you doing, Sierra? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So first, um, like I said, you're a Bearcat. Tell me a little bit about your studio and where it is. Well, Bearcat Tattoo Gallery is in San Diego, California. Um, right down in Little Italy. I've been there about 10 years now this year. And I've been in San Diego probably like 20 years now total. So it's been a long, long, you know, time here. Um, we have like more of a private studio. We do a little bit of walk-ins, but it's mostly appointment-based work and uh, it's projects and, you know, long-term client type work. Okay, and you have multiple artists at your studio? Yeah, there's about six of us. We have an assistant, so about seven total that, that all work together. Wow, that's a pretty big crew. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we we spread out enough. Some of us work at eight in the morning, so sometimes it feels a little quiet, but it is, it's a good size, perfect size. That's rad. Very cool. Yeah, I went, I went completely, completely private studio back in 2018, yeah. and so I'm by myself. It's, I... Uh, How does that feel? I mean... I, I thought of that before, like when I was considering open up Bearcat, I thought I could do something small, private, little, small studio, just, but I, I, I really need people or energy around me. I don't know that I could be that way, I guess. <laughs> but do you like it? You, you know, I really do. Um, I think it, I, I've gone the full mode where I had five or six and then I dropped it down to two and then I dropped it down to one. And the last one was good, but he actually felt the same way that you do. He had a difficult time yeah. being here by himself when I wasn't here. And he kind of needed that camaraderie and that energy. Um, I will say yeah. I do miss that. I miss the camaraderie and I miss the energy. But on the flip yeah. side of things, what has outweighed that is the very personal experience I get to have with my clients. Sure and the for type sure. of environment that I can provide for them. So right. I definitely. yeah, we tuck in and watch movies and it's just me and them. And, you know, I tattoo a lot of women in very vulnerable spots on their body and they can be totally yeah. naked and there's nobody else here. It's just me and them. So it's a really, uh, it's a different experience and I really enjoy providing yeah. it. So I would say that that's, you know, yeah. That's, that's the benefit of it for sure. It's the trade-off. Yeah, I imagine there's yeah, there's a nice comfort level when you can provide that too. And, you know, when we have six people tattooing, it's pretty exciting. It's got a really exciting vibe. Everybody's going, you know, taking breaks, talking. But then sometimes when it's just me and my client at the end of the day, you really can get into some deeper conversation, you know, time or, or, you know, special time where they can actually open up a little more where it's not a full conversation with everybody. So it's a little, it's good with both for sure. So um, let's talk about how long you've been tattooing. Tattooing, well, you know, I started, God, I started messing around with it maybe in like 1994, something like that. Um, learning it, figured it out. You know, I was trying to get an apprenticeship. It was a little tough. I was in Minneapolis at the time and not many apprenticeships there. Uh, tried to learn on my own a little bit, bought a lot of equipment, practiced learning from friends. I had a, a nurse friend to help me with the sterility part of it. Sold all my equipment because it was really hard. And then I literally bought it like a week later because I really wanted to do it. And uh, I had an old family friend that uh, lived in Buffalo, New York, 
And he's like, dude, fly out here, come work in my shop. We'll just, we'll get you right into it and teach you. So I started flying out to Buffalo, you know, I guess like 95 or something like that. And uh, just working straight up in the street shop, like walk in day one, you're, you're up next type stuff. And uh, just got it all handled. Got that first initial. Um, and then uh, I would fly out there probably like you know, every couple months, stay for a month, they had like an apartment there next to the shop. And then got my chops there. And then um, God, that was like 95, 96, 97. And then I really didn't get that fully serious committed until like maybe 97. And uh, so I've been tattooing since then. So do the math, you know, like 23 years or something like that. Right. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a good run. So far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure, for sure. It's getting better. I feel like it. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I I I feel that way a lot too. I'm sure you. I'm sure you do too. Where you know, here you are. You know, twenty something years in. Do you still sometimes feel like you're just getting good, or that you've finally gotten to where you're comfortable at least? Like literally, like about God, 15 years ago, I started saying this thing. I'm like, wow, I think I'm finally at a good spot that I really like. And then I remember, like three years later, I'm like, holy shit, that was just okay. Now I'm at a spot I really like. Now I'm even better. Like I don't think you're gonna stop learning. I mean, now 10, 15 years from that first moment I started learning that you keep evolving. Like I'm still like, wow. Well, over the next 10 years, like it's gonna get even better and better and better. I don't, I don't think you, not in art anyway. I don't think you, you don't plateau i mean as long as you're inspired you don't plateau you just keep getting better and growing artistically um i mean it's never ending for sure and there's so yeah, much I, more to learn that's, that's the thing i feel the same way i'm always you know i and I, I would say a few years ago and i've only been tattooing for on a daily basis regular imagery style tattooing because i did permanent makeup and piercing before um uh, so i've had a needle in my hand for much longer but regular tattooing i've been about 13 years and yeah. I remember around year eight going, oh, I can freehand this stuff now. Oh, I can this, oh, I can that. Like, oh, wow, I've gotten pretty good. And now I look right. at where I was five years ago and I'm like, oh girl, you had so much to learn. Like, and 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 now I just realized that, that just what you just said is, <laughs> it's always, you're just, you're always gonna try to strive to do, to one up yourself, right? Right. Well, yeah, once you realize that there was a moment where you thought you got a lot of it figured out and you're doing really great, and then five years later, you look back at that self, you're like, wow, I didn't know shit. Now you know that I know right where I am right now. I think I'm doing really good, but I don't know shit because in five years, I'm going to look back and be like, oh, you didn't know shit. But it's a good thing, you know? It makes me excited for what I'm going to learn next. Yeah, I think, that I, think that's, also, I think that's the one thing that has kept me, I've had many careers, and it's the one thing that's kept me super stoked all the time in what I do. I love my job because I'm forever learning and yeah. it never gets dull. I think once after you learn the basics of tattooing, line work, shading, application, you know, bedside manner, everything, once once you get that learned, then from then on for 50 years or however long you tattoo, it's purely just the creativity or the artistic sense from there. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it stays fun for me anyway. Yeah. Um, so... Let's talk about, let's dive into um, style. I know this is gonna be a, a, a decent one for you because, um, and what I mean by, by the initial talk of style is so often we're telling somebody, oh, if you're trying to find a tattoo artist and, they, and you want a particular style, what do you call it, right? Like 
I call mine pseudorealism. You know, right. other people call their things their things. What would you call your style if you had to slap a hashtag type label on it? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, that's that's always like, you know, I really love Japanese art and I treat each client's piece like a Japanese flow or like the, the, the way a Japanese design would be. Yet I'm doing a lot more like ornamental or even like a neo-traditional vibe to some Japanese work. So you could call it like, you know, neo-Japanese, but then I also put in like, I love exploring like Norse and like Scandinavian artwork. It's kind of my family heritage. So I love exploring that, but still having like more of a Japanese flow to like the way you, you know, would design the piece. Um, you know, I also just do a lot of really bold and bright colors. I mean, how you describe it, I don't know. I think, you know, you best describe it as when somebody finds my work, they're like, I didn't know what I was looking for, but this is what I know that I want now. Like they see it, they're like, that's what I was looking for. Like they didn't know, they didn't know how to look for it. But so, you know, I don't know how to describe it. Like maybe it's just my style, like personal, I guess, you know. I, I struggle with that a lot too, where I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get people to see my work so you want to use you know hashtags right to try to get it out in sure. front of people but it's one of those things where it's like how do you describe what you do when there's nuances of so many uh influences that have created your individual art and i think that that's something that's super important to kind of focus on is how you can have these styles right traditional traditional japanese neo-traditional you know right. all these label styles but then you take somebody like yourself who kind of smashes that all together and makes it right. their own thing how do we convey that to people um and i right. think it's it's that's that tough subject and that's really what i like to touch upon in these podcasts is you know understanding that each artist kind of does really do you know especially big big large-scale custom artists i should say really do focus on kind of right. their version of whatever it is that they're doing um and how really individual it is but for shits and giggles, <laughs> what do you use for hashtags to describe your work? So that way, if somebody's looking for right. more type of stuff, what would they look up? Yeah, you know, I think if anything, like I do large scale body work, that's what I prefer to do. I, I, I don't like to take on smaller pieces. Um, couple of reasons, I just, I like to get to know a client. I like to do a big design and, and tattoo over a year or whatever, or two years. Um, so large scale body work would be the most important thing, you know, that I would describe. Like if I met somebody that knew nothing about me, they're like, oh, what kind of tattoos do you do? I'm, I would say, well, I do large scale work, you know, like sleeves, back pieces, whatnot. Um, myself's just really bright and bold and colorful, you know, has a lot of glow or a lot of drama to it. Uh, and, and air and a lot of Japanese imagery as well. So it's, you know, each piece maybe gets its own hashtag, I guess, if you're really trying to think about how to hashtag it. You know, you'd almost separate it. But the overall thing is, is if you said, you know, I love realistic roses. Can you do realistic roses for me? And I'd be like, yeah, I love doing realistic roses. You know, I'm not a realism artist, but you know, let me do this really cool, like ornate design with realistic yeah. roses and, you know, it'll be great. You know, you could put your own twist on somebody else's uh, idea, you know, whatever they come up with. It doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, I only do traditional, I only do Japanese, I only do dot work it doesn't have to be that I think you can actually take somebody's concept and maybe just morph it into your style and let it be what it is you know 
Well, I think that that's an important thing to bring up too. You know, I, I find, and I'm sure you do too, sometimes when a client is coming to you um, for your style, uh, that they are really wanting you to put something awesome on them that right. just looks amazing, right? And so sometimes when people come, not that people don't know what they want, but I mean, a lot of times people don't know what they want if they're not right. artists if they can't design something or draw it up or understand that concept. And so I, I, would you say that it's really more of just kind of coming together with somebody and then applying your techniques if they like your stuff, that's, you know, they've seen your stuff, they like it, they're coming to you and you're like, look, you came to me, so let me apply my techniques to your idea. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that totally makes sense. I think, I think nowadays, I mean, after tattooing over 20 years, you know, people, they're kind of just like, Dude, I love what you do. Let's let's do something. Maybe throw a, a peony in there, throw a koi fish in there. Just just make it sick. Do what you do. Like that. That's the client that I usually look for, um, and I'm more open to that client as well. So I think I think once clients start understanding that part of it, that's you know the people that I would probably take on their project. You know, I think it's I think people that are a little more specific. It's really easy to be like, oh you know, my friend can do this way better than me, you know, let me just set you with them. If it's a portrait or something like that, I'm going to set them up with somebody that can do it better or that would enjoy it more. If it's something that's, you know, super realism, you know, not really what I would excite me, you know, so I would set it up with, you know, one of my other guys at the shop. So I'm sure you get this a lot with um, emails and stuff like that. Like, well, let's, first of all, let's talk about, um, before we get into emails and that kind of thing, let's talk about right. the, the rest of style. Now, do you do both black and gray and color or you just color primarily? Will you mix it up? You know, I like I like color mostly, right? But I mean, black and gray, a, a big black and gray piece is fun. I mean, just using one color, finding drama with it. I Yeah, I'll take on maybe like 10% of those a year, you know, purely just because I'm interested in it. And I'm also interested in like a really heavy black with black and gray with just a color glow to it. You know, it's something we used to not do. I don't know if you remember, we used to never really do that. We were like, oh, it's just gonna look funny having a little bit of color. But I've found ways to do like a really cool black and gray piece with a bright color glow to it. And it, it makes a really cool like drama to it. And you know, the longevity of having a good black and gray base layer, the will be color over time anyway. So. There's something to be said after tattooing like 20 years that you know that if you do a full sleeve in black and gray in 20 years, maybe a few of the colors are gonna pop out, but the whole black and gray piece will still be there. So providing that foundation and adding some color, you know, I think is a very key, like, I don't know, excitement for me as far as like future work goes. I mean, I love color and I want my work to be mostly color, but this black and gray foundation is something that I'm really, you know, pushing and, and looking to, to add more to as far as my work goes. Yeah, I dig it too. I'm, I'm really into it. And I actually used to get a lot of shit for mixing black and gray and color together. Um, yeah. You know, doing components in color and components in black and gray and people telling me like, oh, that doesn't, it's not going to look good or it's not going to heal right or it's not going to this. And I was like, well, you know, the, there's a saying that you know, the most dangerous saying in the world is uh, it's always done that way. Like we'll never know unless yeah, right. we really push these boundaries, right? I don't think we yeah. knew how realistic tattooing could get 15 years ago, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm super with you on that. I really love yeah. pushing that mix of, you know, color, black and gray, and then the idea of layering, um, which we can 
get into in a little bit. Um, talk to me a little bit about, um, I don't know if you struggle with this to a certain degree. I do with um, when clients are filling out your booking form or do, is that how you do? Do you have a contact form? Yeah, yeah. So when somebody's filling out a client form and let's say, again, I don't know if this happens to you, but you get this slew of, I would like a daffodil and a dandelion and a bird and a this and a that and a this and a that and a this and that and like this list of representational images or just images like these things you know mean this to me from over here and this to me from over here and you know and I want you to put it all together for me and design this amazing tattoo and you as an artist may know that these images don't even work together or it's just too much how do you how do you Will you even take on a client like that? Will you entertain that? Will you have a conversation with them about what works and what doesn't? How do you deal with the person who has designed their tattoo in their head without actually yeah. understanding how to design a tattoo? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, you know, tattooed a number of years. I think there's a, a really, I call it the tattoo mojo, right? When, when you've been tattooing long enough, did enough walk-in stuff where you can kind of like help people sway in the right way pretty easily. Um, so I think stuff like that, say they're like, yeah, I want a sunflower, a rose, a bird, this, that. And I'm like, awesome. I'm like, let's do the bird project first. Let's do your sleeve with a couple birds and that sunflower. And we'll get that part done. And then we'll add the next to the other part. And almost go on, for, just go forward as in like, that sounds great. Like, I'd love to do the, this, all that stuff. Sunflower bird first, perfect over here. This other piece will be great on your leg. And if they might, if they say something like, you know, yeah, well, I want all on one, I'd be like, well, it's not really what I do. You know, I really focus on the high detail of one piece, one bird, one flower, and make it as big as possible. So we could definitely do that. If you want to do something more micro realism, you can get into that with somebody that's more focused on that. But I want my stuff to be a little more bold and striking. Um, so let me know what you think. We can do something really big for you, but I can also refer you to a, you know, another person that does a little more micro stuff. Almost kill them with kindness. And let them know what we can do, you know, and and just just go forward without them even like knowing we're going forward, you know. Right. <laughs> well, and I think I think there's this kind of fine line because I I come from corporate sales, and okay. um, I was very good at it, and I left because I realized how manipulative it was, and so when I left. One right. of the things I vowed is that I would no longer manipulate people into things that they didn't initiate first. <laughs> for sure, um, for sure. I, I had to rewire my moral compass to a certain degree. So for me, it's always been a bit of a tricky thing. I, I hear artists say, oh, I sway them this way, or I and or I convince them, or and it almost sounds as if you are taking away their choice or option. But I think what it really is, is saying, hey, let me share with you this understanding that I have right. about how this is going to work. And let me help guide you into something that will not just accomplish what it is that you're trying to accomplish, but also um, look good as a tattoo on your body, right? Right. So it's kind of this, this in between of like, look, I got to talk you into this, but <laughs> I'm only talking you into what you really want based on what you told me. Would you say that's accurate? Exactly. Yeah, like I mean, we're, 
we're doctors in a sense. Like we know what's best for them, even though they might not want to do with this. We kind of know what's best still with their best intentions, you know? And, and in, the, in the end, you know, if, if we want to do something and we want it to be beautiful, I'm not going to do something. I'm not going to tattoo something just to make money. Cause I think the money part's all that's already done. Like it's money. You make the money, you tattoo, whatever. I'm going to tattoo because I want it for a portfolio or to share with the world. I would never tattoo anything that I didn't want to or didn't think was going to look great. So once people understand that that's where we are choosing because we want our body of work to look good, I think they also understand that, well, one, we might not just even tattoo it because we just don't want to do it, but two, that we do have a good intention. Like if you say, if he said, well, I could do that, but I wouldn't put it in my portfolio, somebody's probably going to be like, oh, they're serious. This won't look good. Right. And sometimes I'll, I'll also suggest, I'm like, you know what, I guess... I would hate to see you spend that money with me. I think somebody else can just do it and get that done. And maybe when you're ready for a project, like, you know, that way, it's another way to sort of help people understand, you know, what tattooing is, I guess, and how it works. And that's a conversation that I have with my clients a lot, which is, you know, if this is what you really want, I'm not here to tell you no, or that it's ugly or that your idea sucks. It's just not what I do anymore for sure and like for example like when somebody comes and says you know i want to cross with a banner and lettering um eight years ago i would have been stoked and hungry right. to take that piece right, right? i'd have been like yeah let's make it cool right now i mean i've done a million crosses and a million banners and a bunch of lettering and you know all this kind of stuff and so not that it's beneath me it's just not where my heart lies anymore i also yeah. have a very strong feeling about leaving that work to the newer artists, the, where the people that were where I was eight years ago and that are hungry right. and excited and you're gonna pay them less, you're gonna pay newer artist prices to get something like that rather than paying my prices to get not my specialty, you know? And so I think it's unfair to take people's right. money like that and say, hey, you know, yeah, sure. Let me charge you $250 an hour for something you could get for a hundred bucks an hour that's much more fair yeah, that will, right. and, and that artist is going to do a great job they're not going to mess yep. you up i'm not sending you to somebody lesser just somebody who's in that they'll probably even program. do better they'll probably, probably do better because they're going to focus on every little detail where we're we've did enough we'll just do it looks awesome let's go what's next <laughs> right right where yeah. maybe maybe we're going to approach it with a little more complacency than somebody yep. who's newer and hungry yep. um and that's you know that's that's why i turned down work is and, and you were saying that too where you just simply if your heart's not in it, you're not going to put that 110% into it. And that's not fair to you or your client. Well, if it's work, if it becomes work, then it's not fun. It's not tattooing. You know, it's right. when you're trading time for money, like if you just separate that for creativity and artistic, you know, ideas. And I don't want to just be like, oh, I'm just going to do that for money because I just want to tattoo cool stuff, not just money making stuff. Right. Totally. So um, how much, you know, and we kind of covered this a little bit, but when you're meeting a new client, how much of their input do you really want? Like for me, I love my client's input because it gets me out of my box a lot where what I would normally draw on my own, I may not head towards this realm. So I really love input from my clients. How much input do you really enjoy from your clients and how much freedom do you want? 100% freedom. 
<laughs> no, I think I, you know, I, it's kind of funny. The other artists at the shop always give me shit. They're like, you sit there and talk to your client for like 20 minutes before you even bought your tattoo. I tend to like maybe get to know my clients first. I almost get a direction on who they are and what their vibe is. Just shoot the shit and, and get to know them. And then we're like, okay, let's talk about your tattoo. And then once they start talking about the tattoo, I think it becomes really easy because I've already kind of known like who they are and sort of what they're, what's going on in their life a little bit. And then it makes the direction go a lot easier. So then they can tell me like, you know, I was thinking of this and this and this, and it helps me give them what they need, you know, just by knowing them a little better. And um, so I like, you know, as far as like input goes, I like enough input to get the imagery correct. Mm -hmm. um, and, but by input, I think, what kind of images do you like? Do you want florals? Do you want skulls? And what body part would you like? I think that right there is enough. That's enough input right there. Um, if it's representing somebody, a memorial thing, that's cool. That's good to know. But I think for me, and I know everybody's a little different on this. For me, tattoos are very important to people in a lot of different levels. But I think the process of getting the tattoo is sort of where like that importance comes through for me. So as we're doing a memorial, I want to get it for my grandma, blah, blah, blah. Um, but until we start doing the tattoo and start talking about that, you know, it's just imagery until then. And then once we start doing the work, then it becomes more of the process and more of the, the you, you give like strength to the piece by getting it done. You know, you give importance to the piece by getting it done. So as you're doing the work, it kind of gives it that, you know, now I feel like this is for my grandma or this is for whoever, you know, I think, I think the process is more important than the initial concept. And I like what you said too about really getting to know your client. I'm I'm very much like that too. Um, I so I would imagine. Are you in preference of in-person consultations or Zoom consultations? Do you have a preference? Does it matter to you? Preference in what? Consultations. Do you prefer to do them in person or over the over Zoom or over the phone, or does it matter? Do you have a preference? Um, I do. I do a lot of Zoom and a lot of in person. Um, I have a lot of people that come from different spaces. You know, they have to do a Zoom. You know, whether they're you know just flying in or maybe they're you know even in like a obviously over the whole you know pandemic situation we had to do a lot of Zoom stuff. But um, I have a lot of people that like travel to get tattooed, so we do a lot of FaceTime or Zoom for that. But I prefer to have like a nice face to face, see who they are, get to know them, read some facial expressions. Uh, or if they're local, you know, have them come in and, and talk. And uh, I prefer that, you know, you can do something over the phone, but you can't connect and really see those little things. I mean, you might suggest something and they might say, yeah, but you can tell they meant no, or they're not sure. Right. I prefer to have a little more like, you know, visual. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I'm anytime, if, if you are within any kind of reasonable driving distance for me, I want I want to be in your space. I feel like there's kind yeah. of nothing that really, I mean, Zoom's cool and you can kind of get a feel and get, you know, but man, I like that in-person consultation, I think you can really pick up what that person's putting down and get a great sense of who they are. And really, I sure. think it makes it easier to help kind of guide somebody into, you know, when you can see the way they dress. And you can see the way they hold their body. And you know what I mean? Are, right. they, are they more of an introvert? Are they more of an extrovert? Are they, you know, right. what, what's their deal? And you can maybe suggest, you know, 
if somebody's more extroverted, you know, you might say, oh, let's do some like splattery stuff and this kind of thing. And like, yeah, really blow it out. Where if somebody is more of an introvert, when you meet them, you might be, a, you might suggest something a little more subdued. For sure. So we kind of touched on it a little bit before. Um, you did mention every once in a while walk in. You will you if you have a cancellation one day when your clients can't make it. Um, will you take a walk in at this point in your career, or are you really just kind of set on keeping a schedule and having it done a particular way? How are you, what are your what are your feels like? Does somebody walk in and get lucky and get tattooed by you that day? Well, it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be because. I just want to make extra money or anything like literally you know how it is when you have to prepare for clients if i if i'm not tattooing one day i'm prepping for the next you know piece or something so i have a lot of my plate ready to go so i have i mean the, i usually put about four to six hours into every drawing for a sleeve like it's pretty highly detailed mm -hmm. so like if if i do have a day off and a walk-in comes in i have to judge like well, I really need to be putting this time into this drawing or I got to put time in, I call it like shop health, like keeping up with the Bearcat stuff, making sure like my shop's running good, little things, you know, maybe I could put time into that. Um, I have to judge like, you know, or family time, you know, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, if I have a day where I have somebody reschedule something, maybe I can go get some extra family time. So it wouldn't be for any reason of like, all right, I'm going to go slay walk-ins all day, but it would be for a reason of, Oh, you know what? That sounds pretty cool. And you know what? I want to just tattoo something little today for fun. You seem cool. Let me just do it more of for the, the art of tattooing or just for the love of tattooing. That would be like, that would be the reason I would do it. You know, maybe it's a friend that stopped by, or maybe it's just something that's like just a cool piece. Or I'm like, you know what? Like I'll do that just for, just purely for fun. You know, not for portfolio, not for anything else, purely just because I like tattooing. Somebody might be like, Oh, I want this traditional sailor Jerry pig. Oh, I'd love to do one of those. I haven't done one of those in years. Let me do it really quick. Like that, that would be the reason I would do it. Not for money or anything else, you know, just purely for the art of it, you know? Right. But it's, but is it something like, it, it doesn't happen often, I would imagine, because you know, like you said, you're either prepping for something or get that extra family time or, you know, do all the clerical work that comes with running a business yeah. um, and that kind of stuff. So I would imagine it's something that happens pretty much rare. Like you wouldn't say, yeah, maybe stop by and maybe I'll be available. No, no, it would, it would literally be like, it would be Absolutely. super random, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, or if you, I don't know, we, we've, we've did some events where we did like a, like some planned tattoos for the day and stuff. I mean, that's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, there's a lot more on the table designing bigger projects. And then you think about it, like, could I spend four hours, you know, working on a new concept that might be for my next piece too? Like you have to judge, you know, Where's, where's my time spent better picking up this walk-in or, you know, working out a new shading concept for the next piece I'm going to do. You kind of got to weigh that out, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I would say, you know, if somebody were to ask you, you know, do you, are you booked in advance? You, the answer would be yes. Primarily people, if they want to get tattooed by you, they need to set an appointment. Yeah, I keep, I probably keep like eight months to a year. I just keep it like that. I try not to book over a year. Um, I just keep it about that fresh. I keep like a little bit of a waiting list as well, but I try just to plan about that much in time. I have a couple of people that they just book me like for a couple of years straight. They don't want to lose their spot, but I sort of like, I just plan like about that much distance in time, you know? Um, I think, uh, any further out, I start kind of losing the concept of what they really wanted. You know, it's, it's, 
after the initial conversation. So it's like like eight months to a year, you know, and 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 if not, I'll turn the project to somebody else, you know. I wouldn't keep like a two-year or three-year list. I wouldn't do anything like that. I would just turn the project over to somebody else right away um, and just kind of keep like the top, you know, 20, 30 pieces I want to do. I find that super interesting because like for myself, when I was talking to uh, Stephen Teft uh, a couple weeks ago and we were talking about, we only book like three months out, four months out. Now, I mean, yeah. I have bigger existing projects that they just come in once a month, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah. I also like doing like pieces I can finish in one or two sittings um i like the yeah. gratification um been a minute man. i could use some of that sometimes <laughs> I, I yeah that's i try to do both i try to have a balance of like i try to do at least one or two pieces a month that i can finish in one day i try to do yeah. a few pieces a month that are two to three sittings and like yeah. i'll see them over three months and then i take on probably a few pieces a year that i know are going to take you know a year and a half to 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 complete um and so because and and we'll talk about commitment in a yeah. second because the commitment that's involved with some of that and i hate when people don't come back so <laughs> um right. so but steven and i were talking about like how do you plan and and this isn't necessarily for the clients i'm curious how do you plan yeah. that far in advance like i can do three months in advance but then if i have a birthday party coming up or i have a vacation i want to take or I want to do something spontaneous in my life. I can't because I'm yeah. married to this thing. So yeah. how do you keep, well, one, two things. One, how do you plan your life? Do you really plan your vacations and all sorts of activities that far in advance? Or, <laughs> right. um, or uh, and how also do you keep your clients from, or how do you keep your clients committed to and understanding like, because I have a client I'm working on right now who we're working on a piece that I told her would take about two years. And we got a good year into it and life came up for her. You know what I mean? And, and she sure. just, she changed jobs, things happened, you know, this kind of thing. And now we're struggling to get this thing finished up and we only have a few more sessions left, but it's, it's happening that way. So how do you kind of juggle this, this long-term commitment with your clients, both for yourself and for your clients? Right. Well, the first thing I would say is I hate when I finish a tattoo project, I actually hate it. It's the funniest thing. If I work on a big piece on somebody, it's our last session. I am bummed because I don't get to see him next month. Like right. it's literally like there's no excitement in it. Except for yes, I finished the piece and it looks good. Take the photos, you know. Um, but I'm literally like, okay, well, that's it. So I don't mind the length of it. I like it to be long term. And you know, usually by that time they might be thinking about their next piece. You know, you kind of work towards that. Um, so I don't mind like the longer you know, process. And I, I totally realize that sometimes somebody might start a big back piece, something comes up, they take a year or two years off, but I've seen them come back and we get back to it. You know, we get there and our style has changed a little bit and sometimes we can actually make it. Easy. Um, so I've gotten to the point where I can accept that and I'm totally okay with that. Um, but when I book people, I book. So if you came in and you're like, Sierra, let's do my back piece. Um, Let's set the process, you know, I, I like want to get this done, you know, I've been waiting to do it and you're the person. So I would say, awesome. You know, we'll start eight months to a year. We'll figure out what's a good start date. Right. And then I'll get to know what days work good for you. Maybe you're like, oh, I only can get tattooed on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I'll just put in my notes. Um, and then I will book you one year of appointments. And so say you're like, I want to go once a month. I'll book you one year of appointments every Tuesday, first Tuesday of the month. And I'll just book it. It's on there. And I would call it a placeholder. 
So I'll only book, you know, 20, about 20 spots a month and are placeholders for people. So if something comes up in life, it's okay. They have a spot they can switch with somebody. It's just literally a placeholder. Um, and that really helps out. So if you book with me, you, you literally book a year of appointments. I'll give you a full year scheduled appointments. And uh, so, I mean, my clients will be like, hey, I, I have a vacation coming up. You know, we've decided to go to Hawaii, you know, in like a month or two. And I'm like, cool, let me just move you around. I'll switch you with so-and-so and you'll be good. Or, you know, I, I totally adapt because one, I'm only having 20 appointments a month. So it's easy to kind of change them around a little bit. Um, and, and two, like I have, you know, family vacations and stuff too. So things are gonna come up with me as well. So I might plan a trip, to go snowboarding or something. And I, my clients know this and I just let them know, you know, things will come up. You know, I might move you, we'll shuffle around, but you got a spot every month for the next year if that's what you choose. But I think people, they kind of trip at first, but then they get it and they're kind of okay with it. And it actually kind of helps them understand how it's gonna actually work. And, and I also, I do like a financial conversation as well you know, before we get into it. And it's, I'm pretty open with it with people. I mean, you know, tattoos cost a lot of money. Like they're expensive. If you want to get large scale work, you're going to drop, you know, one to $2,000 every session. And that's just going to be the way it is. So I, I kind of let my clients know, I'm like, listen, you know, if you want to go every month, you know, here's sort of the math on it. If you want to work, I like to work about six hours a day. That's sort of my standard three hours. We take lunch three hours. Um, you know, this is what it is. You know, if that works for you every month, let's lock it in. Um, if you want to go every month and a half or every other month, every three months, I'm like, I'm like, take a minute, just do the math. Cause I want to make sure that you can sort of budget it in because this is a long-term commitment. And so do the math and budget it in and kind of feel if you want every other, every third month, you know, let's book a couple of years worth just so you have them. Um, and I think having that conversation, I usually give people a few minutes to kind of figure it out in their brain. Cause it's, kind of a sticker shock at first you know yeah well I want to I want to get into cost in just a minute but one thing I wanted to kind of touch upon with what you were talking about as far as the way that you book your clients right um okay. I book my clients a certain way um other artists book their clients a certain way you know I've in having these conversations with artists I realized how vastly different people book totally. their clientele right and I think that that is such an important thing to kind of to to talk upon is you know how it's completely different than what I do and totally works right so there's you know clearly more than one way to skin a cat here right sure. the, the way that you handle your I I honestly wouldn't it wouldn't even dawn on me to do exactly what you're doing right. I'll, I'll sit down and like you know maybe I'm doing I usually only book three months in advance so with my clients I say look let's take three months you're going to come see me once a month for the next three months and at the end of that three months we're going to assess and we'll see where you are and then we'll book because right. I don't like moving my schedule around. I'm I'm like, I like right. my shit to be there. And so for me, <laughs> it's more yeah. comfortable when I know what I'm doing, when I know what to expect. Um, and 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 not that I'm not flexible with my clients, but I don't like so much flexibility that I have to make a lot of extra phone calls. Like I hear your right. process and I think, fuck, that sounds like a lot of fucking work. <laughs> but oh, well, you know, I think it's I think it's easier than you think. I think you might be overthinking it. <laughs> Maybe, absolutely, absolutely. But what I love about it is that's my take on it, right? But it, and it doesn't make yeah. me right or wrong. And what you're doing isn't right or wrong. It just works yeah. for it's you. Different. And I think as artists, right? We have to have these, because we're, 
we're tattooing on a performance level on a daily basis, right? So we're kind of performance artists in the sense that like, not performance artists like actors, but we have to show up and do this thing every day and commit to it and be there for it and, you know, really be there for our clients. And in order to really emotionally and mentally and physically be there, there's a process that we have to have that helps us feel comfortable in our daily routines in order to provide that kind of heavy service for our people every day, right? So it's really cool for me to hear your process and really break it down on what works for you to help keep you in that space, right? For sure. Yeah, I think everybody's everybody's different. Some artists like to just have one day of booking and they'll say, this is my booking day and then they'll book their next few months. Some people like that, you know? Some people That's just don't do. like to project. Yeah, you like that. And, that. and I think that works great. I mean, I think sometimes I not do any new consults until this one day and then just do them all in a week or something. Like there's a lot of different ways you, you can do it. But I think in the end for me, if I'm gonna have a big conversation with somebody, I'll spend an hour for a consult or whatever. And then I'm gonna book them for the year. I don't have to book any more appointments for them. It's done. Like right. it's set, it's locked. Yes, something might come up with that person or me, or I might switch them. That's for me. Or they might need to switch something. It's no big deal. But this is 12 appointments that I don't have to book. They're right. already done. I don't have to have that conversation. That's already done. So in the way it sort of simplifies is it because if I only each each month maybe I take on like you know, you sort of divide it out, maybe a, a few consults a month that I'm going to take on. Um, that's only, that's the only time I'm going to book them. So then that's done. So I don't have as much like booking time as, as you'd think, because I just, I lock it all in. So my time is a lot of it's actually me kind of manipulating my schedule being like, Oh, I want to go do this. Do you mind moving? It's kind of like, maybe it's more selfish. It works better for me. Um, I, I just, I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool to just hear perspective like I think it's really cool that that's the way that it works for you like I I just it's it's really it really is the point of this podcast is you know and and for me it allows me to open up too as an artist to hear you know like you even though you have a lot of camaraderie in your shop those guys and you kind of in your routine right you guys you know how they work, you know how this guy works, they know how you work. And over a course of several years, you guys probably do more and more things similarly. But then you get right. you learn somebody from, from the total outside who hasn't, like myself, who hasn't really been around any artists in the last couple of years. And I've developed my own thing with no right. influence, right? And so it's very much mine. And it just, it's really neat to kind of get a better understanding, not just for the people that are listening to this podcast, but even for myself on how many different ways there are to do this job. Totally, that's Um, totally totally true. And I just, I think that's really right. I love love hearing the way people accomplish the same task. So I I think, go ahead. No, I think it's great. I think it's great that it works for everybody separately and different, but as long as it's working, you know, if you have something that's not working, you know, ask around see who what everybody else is doing because you you know there's a lot of ways to do it like you said so I think yeah it's good. and i just I, I think it's really rad i would have never considered it but now hearing you say it i'm like oh maybe like maybe that is a good way to to go about things maybe i'll try a new way or you know because i'm i'm very i like trying new things i like change i'm one of those kind of people so yeah. 
um, for me, it's always so interesting to kind of try on new ways to do things. Um, as, as, again, as long as the client's happy, the tattoo comes out good. And at the end of the day, everybody wins and I get to make a good living and everybody's happy. It doesn't really matter how we achieve that goal, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, so let's talk a little bit. We, we touched upon um, consultations. I just want to walk through a little bit of like contacting process. So when a new client, let's say I'm a new client and I want to, I've, I've been following your work or, um, you know, I don't know, maybe I even found you on Google and checked out your website and went down that road. Um, and I want to initiate contact with you how how do you prefer people do that what's what is your one two three steps of how to get tattooed by sierra yeah i have a pretty easy booking link at bearcattattoo.com just go to my profile and book a consultation a couple questions you know a small questionnaire just to get to know at least the idea and then um you know how it is i we have some good messages on there that takes us about a week to get back to people usually sometimes quicker i, I try to get back to people every other day or so but just give me some time to get back to you. And then I usually book a consultation or, you know, kind of decide whether we're gonna, you know, consider the piece or not, and then go from there. It's pretty easy. You know, I, I have it um, on sierracolt.com and go and, you know, click book consultation. And a consultation doesn't mean we're gonna do a tattoo. It just means let's talk about what you want and see from there, you know, it might mean, you know, I might be able to help you decide that Maybe I'm the wrong person for it. Maybe you need somebody else, or maybe I am the right person. You know, it's more of like that, you know? So if somebody calls the shop or DMs you on Instagram, you'll direct them to your booking form. Yeah, I'll try to like help that out a little bit if I can. Um, but I, I like it to log in in the book, you know, the consultation form, because then it keeps everything organized and it's really helpful, you know, just to, to keep everything synced up. Like, you know how DMs are, they're, they're gone. And I, I honestly, like, I stay on Instagram to keep my portfolio there, but, you know, more and more, I'm, I'm a little more on YouTube, a little more on TikTok, a little more on stuff that's more, uh, like Instagrams are great for a portfolio, you know, and it's great for some stories, but, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get sucked into too much, like, you know, DMing and whatnot. Good, like, consultation, you know, through the website. Okay, so yes, people just pretty much book, um, you know, consultations through booking form. Um, I like to do it that way too because I get a lot more information. If they answer all the questions yep. on the booking form, we already are light years ahead of our consultation by the time we yep. get down to actually talk. Yep, exactly. And so let's talk about your actual consultations. Do you charge for consultations? Do you do them for free? How do you work that part of it? Yeah. For me, I mean, you know, I think you should give your time to, to meet people and sometimes the consultations don't work out and, you know, most times they do, but sometimes, you know, you might waste an hour and that's, that's okay. It's whatever. Um, but I'd like to, you know, usually, and let me, I guess I'll, I'll preface it with when somebody books a consultation with me, I let them know um, how I work a little bit. I have a, my process sort of uh, response that I send back to them. Um, it's not an auto response, but I'll look at their project and sometimes I'm, I wonder if like they might not be ready or maybe they are, I don't know, but I send my process over. It says that I like to work about six hour days. Um, it says my hourly rate. It says, you know, everything, you know, the way I work. And I ask them, you know, if this is something you're comfortable with, you know, I'd love to sit down and do a consultation. If, if you're not ready to do this commitment yet, you know, keep me in mind. We can talk in the future if you're ready. 
Um, but I kind of let them know because I mean, you know, I charge similar to you, you know, it's your, your bill is going to be 1500 or two grand a day. And companies for that, they just want a six sleeve, but they really don't know the process. I kind of want them to be ready, you know, before we sit down for a consultation, because otherwise you're kind of losing an hour. And, you know, that's sort of, you know, we don't want to do that because we can give that to somebody else. Right. Um, so I try to like get that out of the way first, make sure they know that if you're going to jump into this, you know, this is, you know, the, the physical commitment, financial commitment, you know, this is what you're getting into. If you want to do it, you know, that's definitely me if you're down. So we get that out of the way. And, you know, I think that helps filter a lot of people. Um, I would right. say the filters about half of them out probably right away from me. Like, and I, it used to bother me in the beginning. I was like, Oh, why doesn't this person respond or how come, you know, but now I know, I filter and then the other ones rise at the top. You know, the people that are uh, down, they're like, oh, awesome, no problem. Like, let's talk. I talked to my wife or my husband, like we're ready for this commitment. We'll do this, let's go. And that helps me, you know, the more we can filter it out, the, the better we can get to our dream client. And to, I think that process is the priority before we even sit down and do a consultation, you know? I think that's um, I don't brilliant. want to sound like, yeah, you don't want to sound like, I'm not going to talk tech, talk to or tattoo you if you're not, you know, ready. Like I don't want to be like that, but we do only have a limited amount of time, so you know, filter it and then go to the consultation. Yeah, I love that because um, it's one of those things, you know. And and also, you know, I'm sure you've dealt with some sticker shock and things like that. Let's let's actually and when yeah. people coming in and saying, hey, um, you're not really understanding what they're about to get into, you know, because there's not a lot of right. information out there, right? That's why I'm doing this podcast. When Right. You get people that will see these amazing tattoos or very large scale pieces like what you do. And on your on your Instagram and my Instagram, I don't always put how long the tattoo took and how much it cost. Um, so people don't really have a really great right. understanding of the commitment and the price that is attached to these large scale pieces or really elaborate pieces or, you know, layered pieces where people are doing it in multiple sessions on even a smaller piece. Um, right. And so I think it's really important. I think it's a great way for, honestly, to filter out and keep your sanity <laughs> um, is to mm -hmm. kind of have a process explanation before they even set up their consultation so they understand what it is they're getting into. I think that that is brilliant and I will probably steal it. Um, no, I mean, I think, yeah, you'll, I mean, it works. And I think if you sit down for a consultation, I mean, you know, you're going to give away 250 bucks, you know, absolutely, like for an hour. Absolutely. And if you, and that's okay if it's going to be towards a future project, but you don't want to give too many of those away that aren't going to come through. I mean, we, we do have to, you know, use our time wisely. If we can only tattoo so many clients in the next 10 years or 20 years or whatever, 50 years, like pick and choose, I guess. Yeah, totally. Um, so let's, uh, that kind of leads us into, um, not only like consultation process, commitment, all that kind of stuff, but let's actually talk about pricing. Um, cause this is one that's really veiled. And I like to explain to people that we're not trying to be vague when we tell you, we don't know how much something's going to cost, right? right? It's all the components that go into something before we can determine how much it's going to cost. But for the sake of transparency, yeah. um, let's talk a little bit about, um, what you do take for deposits and what you charge per hour, or if you charge by the piece or how you, how you deal with the financial aspect of what you do. For sure. Well, so as far as consultations go, and here's something that, you know, when you do a sleeve, you're looking at like 10 grand or whatever you're looking at. I mean, it could be, could be five grand, could be 15 grand. It could be 20 grand, who knows? Like, 
the detail of it, right? We don't know, like you just said. Um, but if somebody is like, you know what, I want to do this with peace with you. Like, I can't wait to get started. I want to do my deposit. Um, I don't do a deposit to make sure they show up for their appointment. That's not why I do deposit at all. Because if they don't show up or if they're not going to be there, I got somebody else that would love to jump in, right? Um, so the, my deposit's not to like make sure they show up. Uh, my deposit is I'm going to put four to six hours into drawing this piece. I'm going to draw, um, you know, I'll have to share some of my sketches sometimes. I don't always share them, um, but I'll do a full color rendition of their piece usually. Sometimes it's black and gray, but I'll do, I'll put the hours in. Like I put it in. Um, and so I'm going to charge $400 for a deposit, but this is going to cover my drawing, my prep time. This is going to cover my stencil time on the day of the tattoo. We might spend an hour getting the stencil on. This is just going to cover uh, the process of getting the project together. And it's probably cheap. If you really think about it, that's cheap. <laughs> you know, if you think about what we charge for tattooing, yeah. Yeah, you should charge, you should literally, if you really think about it, you should charge two grand to start a project before you even charge hourly. Like if you really think about what, it's kind of unrealistic. Um, but so I do a 400, you know, maybe it'll go up to 500, but that's literally just so I can feel good designing as long as I want. I can feel good putting an extra hour in at night because I just want it to be that much better. It's just giving me like that, like I don't mind putting the extra time in. My time's covered a little bit financially. Um, if we're doing the stencil, I don't mind spending an hour prepping the whole stencil drawn. You know, maybe I spend two hours on day one of their project. Like I don't mind because we did a, a basically a deposit to begin the project. So that's so where does my deposit. your deposit come off of the cost of the tattoo or essentially are you just charging no. for the time to draw so you're actually charging for your draw time and the or at least not your full hourly rate for tattooing but you're charging for a couple something. hours of the draw time yeah 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 i mean it's like i said it's it's probably like you some people when they the artist the client gets to the shop they're like cool we're on the clock let's go like i don't really like mm -hmm. it like that um but i'm just kind of covering like for starting a project, you know, we don't really get paid for that time. Right. And not that we're have to be money hungry or whatever, but we do, we have families, you know, we have to cover our time. Like it's well, this, just, you know, you know that's the I tell people, we love this job. You know, most of us that do it and have stayed in it for a long period of time, we love what we do. And just because we love what we do doesn't make it illegal <laughs> to make money doing right. that. You don't you don't right. chicken the love of something by creating a, a business around it. And the reality is, at the end of the day, this is what we're doing for a living. So it is okay yep. for us to make money doing it. And you get a dope ass tattoo to last for the rest of your life. So I mean, it's I think it's a pretty good trade off uh, when you consider the investment going into it. Um, but I think it's it's. I think it's really cool that you that you charge for that time. I don't. Um, I do it a little differently. And like you said, some people start the clock when they walk in the door. Um, I usually charge a deposit, which does hold their appointment spot and covers some of the cost of my draw time. But I usually only charge like, because I just charge an hourly rate. So I'll apply like a half an hour for draw time and a half an hour for stencil time. And I just charge that. And I go there, that was my process time, depending right. on the size of the piece. But I take a percentage deposit. So based on the size of the piece, the deposit is larger or smaller because that's how much time okay, I put sense. into it. Yeah, that's a good idea. That totally makes sense. And so I just do 20% of the cost of each session. And then I let that deposit okay. roll till the end. And then I deduct 
anything left over that wasn't part of my original process out of the cost of the tattoo. So, I see. Um, and then I charge just for tattoo time. Um, and I go by right. the hour and I take a break every hour or hour and a half or two hours just to get up and yep. stretch and whatever. Um, and so that way I can break my day up. Um, and I'm like you, I, I'm, I'm a four to six hour tattoo a day. Um, if like, if you're from out of town, you might get me to go eight. <laughs> yep same but that's, uh, a, yeah, that, no, that's my that's my threshold it's three and then if you're out of town same thing. we might do eight one day six the next but yeah yeah for sure um so i think it's really cool to hear how you break it down for you and like i think it's really rad that you're really honoring yourself as an artist because i think a lot of us don't in a lot of ways um in the time that you're taking to draw this up i mean i come in two hours early three hours early for my clients to get their pieces ready you know, and I like, and I've spent hours prepping for their tattoo that I don't charge yeah. for. And right, right. I'm glad to hear that you do. And I'm not really about like honoring people's worth and honoring people's value and that kind of stuff. And I think it's really awesome that you are honoring your time um, by charging for it. I think it's, I, I think it's smart. Well, I think we should. And I think it also helps one more layer of weeding out people. You know what I mean? When you say, you know, this is what I charge, you know, this is just, this, this is what the, the cost of getting the project going. It helps weed people out that if somebody's not that serious, they might be like, oh, they don't quite understand what's happening. They haven't understand the, the whole picture. So it does weed it out a little more too. Um, well, and but I think I it's think important to weed out clients that um, won't appreciate it. If they don't understand that this takes time and they don't want to hear all the, you know, I don't want to hear the background noise. Like, I don't want to know what it takes you to do your job. Just do it. Yeah. That kind yeah, of yeah. mentality. That's not somebody I really want to work on anyway. Yeah. They're not going to appreciate the efforts I put in and they're probably not even going to appreciate the tattoo that much. Yep. You know, no, it's, all, it's all about fine tuning who you want to work with and who you can work with. And I think the other thing is like a lot of deposits, we all, we've always taken deposits. So if you don't show up, you lose your deposit, right? Right. And that is very helpful for smaller pieces or people that aren't in committed type pieces, you know, and that's yeah. very helpful for that. Um, I have, and again, my crew probably laughs at me for this, but I, every one of my clients, we connect a week prior. We, I text them. Like I usually a text a week out, stoking your appointment coming up. See you next Tuesday. See you next Wednesday. I hit, I hit my entire next week. We get a conversation going because I want to see where they're at. Because, you know, a lot of times like, awesome, dude, pumped. You want to start at 10 or 11 or 9? When are we starting? You kind of can refine that. And it's usually simple text. And or every once in a while, somebody's like, dude, I forgot something came up. Can we reschedule? And then I have an opportunity a week ahead of time. Like, dude, no problem. You want me to flip you with this other guy from next week? He's usually easy to flip with. So it helps me. So I, I don't want to say I never have a, a no-show, but I minimize it to literally like, you know, every once in a while, there'll be a no-show. Every once in a while. For like some weird reason so i minimize it by connecting ahead of the time so there's no deposit situation happening i've already talked to them and connected with them and and we know we know what's happening we might even like you know talk back and forth a minute about the idea or the or color or something you know simple easy texting but it minimizes that so i don't have to, i don't feel necessary to hold a deposit because we have a relationship and it's it's happening and it's okay and it's and we we're letting each other know you know they're letting me, I think that really makes it, you know, helpful with the deposit situation. Um, so yep. I think uh, we're talking about going through your consultations, um, how you do deposits. So your deposit really isn't a deposit totally. It's just a 
well, it's a, it's, a project it's a fee. fee to start the project, right? No, it's project okay. fee, like project time. Design I think time. that's really cool. And then um, when you when you do your consultations, you're pretty much drawing. So a lot of people I talk to about this, which is sending an image of the tattoo to your client before you start the tattoo process. Um, do you yeah. do you do that a lot? And are you are you willing for them to pick it apart? Now, okay, so here's what I do. <laughs> this is funny and it works. It, um, you know how we, we draw tech pieces. I mean, I'll book it a year in advance, but they all know and I let them know that I'm not going to draw it till one to two weeks prior. Like I'll start drawing it and I let them know that I will finish it up the day before will be my final tunes. Me too. Very fine tuning the details. And, and uh, I also let them know, I'm like, you know, in, and I'll send you over the image, you know, the day before your tattoo. And I just say, you know, if you don't like it, it's no big deal. Like we, we don't have to do it. We can reset and maybe pick up the next month. It's not a big deal. And I said, you know, I usually say, you know, we've had a really good conversation here and I, I got a great idea of what you like. And I'm going to draw something that I think is going to be perfect. My style, half your style. And, uh, and if there's a few little tweaks, no big deal, but um, I'm going to draw it up. And again, if, you, if, if it's not what you're thinking, it's no big deal. We'll start next month and we'll, we'll pick it up from there. So I kind of say that. So even if I finish the drawing two weeks in advance, doesn't usually happen, but sometimes I do, I literally will never send it over till that night prior, never. But I do, I do send it over. I mean, I know it's a risk, of course, to send it. I'll send it over to somebody 100% the final drawing, but I, I won't send it until the night before. Um, I try to wait, not even the day before, I try to they can really, because you don't want them showing a thousand people getting all these changes. So I'll just kind of send it to them. So it's between me and them. And then uh, it's too late for them to call a thousand people and ask. And then the next morning we go. It's funny. I've, I have a similar approach. It's a little different um, in the sense that like, I won't send my clients anything. Um, yeah. I have a very, I do an hour consultation with most of my clients. If we're designing something out, I'm asking a million questions. I have picked up what you were putting down. If I haven't, right. then I haven't booked you. You know what I mean? Like, right, if I don't right. feel like I have a really good understanding of what we're going to do. I'm just not even going to book the tattoo. Once I do, I actually draw right. the night before and the morning of, because I don't want a bunch of other tattoos in my head before I start this project. Yep. So I typically, like, I start my tattoo day at one, but I come in at like nine, 10, 11 to start, depending on how big their piece is, to start that process. And then that way, my focus and energy and attention, because this is how I have to do it for me, uh, to keep sane throughout a week of five tattoos or four tattoos um, is, and I only see one client a day. Yeah. So I have a three hour minimum and an eight hour maximum. And then I just sit down that morning, draw, and then they come in and we can discuss it. Right. And then I'm like, look, you're going to have to trust me. You obviously picked me for a reason, you know? So this is where trust comes into play. For sure. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to you well, and I'm going to pick up what you're putting down. I'm going to design something up. When you come in, you're the only person I'm seeing that day. So we can spend an hour or two redesigning something if need be. We can spend that time changing any little things about it, but I'm not sending you shit <laughs> before you come in for your appointment. <laughs> right. Um, You've been burned. It's a, it happened. You get burned. Well, because then I can yeah. I, then I can walk you through what I'm doing and show you my references and show you what I'm using yeah. and talk you through color theory because I don't do a full color rendition. I do an outline drawing. Um, yeah. I like a little more creative freedom on the skin, 
because I can accomplish for me, I'm better on skin than I am on paper. So I can never accomplish what I want it to look like on my tablet or on paper or anything, what I can accomplish in skin. So rather than frustrating myself, I just explain what I'm going to do with them and then do it on their skin. Like, this is going to be amazing. Trust me. (laughs) Yes. I mean, kind of. I mean, if you well, they should, if they're, my coming, work, if they're coming to you, they should trust you. <laughs> I, I tell people all the, all the time, like, if you don't trust me, don't get in my chair. Like, just don't, yeah. let's just not even, because if you're concerned, if you're nervous, if you're worried that this isn't going to come out good, then maybe I'm not the artist for this piece. You know, when you, when you know, you know, yeah. when you see that artist, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, this is going to be perfect. You know, and if you don't feel that way, right? then, I, then, then keep looking for the artist that does make you feel that way. That makes sense. Yeah, so, I, I think, uh, I, was, I was gonna say, I think drawing ahead of time, the, the, the full rendition, I don't have to draw for the rest of the year on that one piece. For that's sure. why I like to draw everything out 100% and I'm done. That client, I have one year of appointments, no more drawing, so right. it's all done. Right, so you're, just, you're so. only spending probably once a week or twice a week drawing the rest of the time you're just working yeah. on interesting stuff. Yeah, I actually, I have like on my schedule, because I know my draw times are about four to six hours for each project. Mm-hmm. On my schedule, when I look at my calendar, I put a smiley face in front of their name if I have to draw for them. I only put one a week. So I know I only have one drawing to do a week. If that's the max I'll do for a week, because I know I need to put the time about it. I get excited about it as opposed to like some sort of warning face. Um, and then my process is, it takes me three days to draw no matter what. Day one, I mush it all out, almost like a painting, like an oil painting. I'll mush out the design, just like shapes and forms and, um, you know, and start to build it. Day two, refine it and then, you know, get the bulk of it done. And then like the final day, I'll refine all the details. So I have to draw in three days. It's just what I've always did for a large piece. I mean, it's just, you can't draw everything at once. It doesn't make sense. So I, I just, and I, again, I always just love hearing people's different like approaches to the way that we all did the same thing, right? So I want to talk to you about tipping and I'd like to hear your viewpoint on both how you feel about being tipped and how you feel about clients tipping the artists that work for you. I mean, I think tipping is (laughs) good. You know, I, I think, yeah, I think we kind of expect it, you know, I guess we shouldn't, but, but it's kind of, it's the culture of getting tattooed is you tip. It's just the culture of it service you know so if you get a yeah if you give a if you get a thousand dollars you know i guess a comfortable tip would be a hundred dollars right that would be like sort of what i would think would just be normal like if i got if i went and you know had somebody tattoo me and there was a thousand bucks i'd probably give them 1100 just sort of what i would do this doesn't have to be like a 20 percent tip but somewhere between 10 and 20 is always good the lower it is maybe i think it's good but i just think it's in our culture it's the culture of tattooing it shows that you appreciate the work that you, you know, that the work you did on somebody. If somebody doesn't tip, you almost feel like maybe they don't appreciate what you're doing for them. You know, I think it's just kind of in our culture that it's just it's just part of the what it is. You know, of course you should tip. Like it's just you should. <laughs> so it's a really interesting thing. I was actually I just did an interview. They interviewed me um, for Nerd Wallet, the financial website. Oh, yeah. And um, that's awesome. That's I, I I follow them a lot. I, I love fucking that. love Nerd Wallet too. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, I don't know how you got that connected or how that even connects. I don't even. I don't even. They found me. 
Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, Laura, I can't remember her last name off the top of my head, uh, who's one of the lead writers there, uh, emailed me and said, hey, I'm doing this article. Uh, and she basically told me like, it's one, it is a extraordinarily highly searched item, which is how much should I tip a tattoo artist? She says they get hits for it. Like, like I don't even remember what the number really? was. It was really high. And she was just like, this is a huge topic. Wow. And, you know, it's funny because I, I know how I feel about it and I've heard how other people feel about it. But I think what it's really, you know, we all say, oh, it's, it's gratuity, it's appreciation, it's this, it's that, but it doesn't really tell anybody. It's actually, I'm actually doing a podcast on it myself uh, tomorrow. Um, yeah. Just for the, the who asked you, which is how much to tip a tattoo artist. And I've talked yeah. to a lot of people about it and I talked to her about it. And um, I just think it's really interesting to hear people's perspective. I think, I think most artists like you and I, right, who we charge what we want to charge, we, we hold our value, we, we say, okay, I'm worth this much money, and I'm getting paid this much money. So whether you tip me or not, whatevs, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I appreciate it. And it shows you appreciate me, like, uh, which we'll get more into in a minute, but like, you know, yes, the tattoo is great, but how much service did I provide to you? Did we talk about your divorce and your this and your that? And you know what I mean? And like, what's my bedside manner like? Did I provide you lunch? <laughs> right. Did I provide you an experience, right, not right. just a good tattoo, right? So that, that I say would be right. where tipping comes in more than just, it's a, you have to. One thing I, I've, I, I want to see if you think I, if you would agree with me, I try to create a standard for people and tell them this. If it's under 500 bucks, do 20% if you enjoyed the experience and the tattoo came out good. If it's $500 yeah. and over, do what do 10% or what you can afford on top of the tattoo that you just paid for. You know, if it's if it's a $1000 yeah. tattoo or 2 grand and you saved up all year to afford that tattoo and you're like, "Look, man, I I don't have anything else." To, to go towards this, then as long yeah. as I think you express that and say, hey, I appreciate it. Or even if I've had somebody tip me 10 bucks on a $1,200 tattoo, they're like, this is the extra I have for this. Yeah. And I'm like, sweet dude, thanks. So like, do you yeah. think that that's an accurate statement of like under 500, 20%, over 500, 10% or what you can afford? Yeah, I think that's 100% what I feel exactly. I mean, like I said, I feel I feel tipping is in our culture. We 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 tattoo, we get tipped. It's just the way it is, and it feels good. You feel appreciated, um, and it doesn't always have to be money. Somebody could tip you something cool. They might bring you in a nice bottle of wine. Maybe it's not say maybe you do a thousand dollar tattoo, and maybe the bottle of wine's you know only a thirty dollar bottle of wine, but it's a nice gesture. That's 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 just as good as well, you know. It's it's a lot about the gesture of thank you for taking the time to design this for me to tattoo me and even talk with me. It's the gesture of thanks, and you know our culture. You know, even here in the, like the United States, we don't have as big as history as a lot of like other cultures, like such as like a Japanese culture, where you know things are are different. But I think in tattooing, we have a history of tipping, and I think it's a good thing. I think it makes everybody feel good. They get to say thanks. I feel good when I tip my artists. I'm like, Me dude, too. thank you for that. You know, I feel good about that. And I, I think you got to take the money, I'm spending extra money aspect out of it. If you're going to get a tattoo, just budget that tip. That's part yeah. of it. It should be good. It's not a money thing. It's it's a, a like it like if you 
get good dinner service. If you don't tip them, they're going to feel like, did I mess up? What did I do wrong? You know, if you're going out to eat, like, I think it's just part of the culture and it's, it's a good thing. It makes everybody happy on all sides. And I do think, you know, yeah, when it's under like 500 bucks, like 20% is like probably more appropriate, but once you get to a thousand bucks, you know, a hundred bucks, you don't need to tip me 200 on a thousand bucks, but hundred's totally fine. You know, um, you, it sort of drops down a little bit, you know, it doesn't have to be that extreme, it's still just the nice gesture, you know? Well, and I tell my clients too, I've got some artsy clients. Um, I, I've had people make things for me. Yeah. I have to say, I think that that for me is the best tip ever because it not only shows appreciation, but this person took fucking time out of their lives to make something for me and probably spent hours on that. Like to me, like I had a guy who's a wood carver as a client, he made my logo onto some little round pieces of wood. And I've had clients bring me in paintings. I've had clients like as a tip yeah. or bake me fucking cookies or whatever. Like to me, to be honest, like that shit is actually more impressive to me than a hundred dollar tip. Sure. Uh, because sure. it shows that they really cared so much that they took time out of their own lives because they like, cause they enjoyed the experience or whatever it was like, like I, I did this for you. Like that takes to me a lot more thought than slapping a hundred dollars down at the end of the day. Like I love, I love made tips. Like it's probably my yeah. most favorite thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good for both. I think it's just an honorable thing. It's a respect back and forth and it doesn't have to be a big deal. There doesn't have to be like a stigma around it. It's just, it's good to tip people if they do good service for you. And that's just yeah. part of it. Don't think about the money. Just think about the feelings you know, right. between it. And so but, uh, let's. But talk. yeah, like a company like NerdWall, when they're going to interview, they kind of want like a number thing. Yes, yes, which I think is important, you know, because I mean, if you're going to say like yes, tip, but people are like, well, how fucking much, right? Like, yeah. like I don't like, and I get that. Like, if I didn't know how much to tip a waitress, I wouldn't know how much to tip a waitress. Like. But one thing I always explain to people too is we're not waitresses, we're not servers, we're not getting a lower hourly rate because tips will compensate for it. So we don't live on our tips. Right. Um, right. And quite frankly, I've talked to some artists that disagree with me on how I think about tipping. And almost every single one of the artists that's disagreed with me is somebody who undervalues themselves. They don't charge right. what they should be charging. So they're hoping they're charging, you know, maybe a hundred dollars an hour when they should be charging 150. And they're hoping that the client will know better to make up for the money that they didn't charge the client. And now you're putting your responsibility on your client. So it's like, like maybe just charge what you need to charge and let tips be gratuity. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So uh, let's talk about aftercare a little bit. Um, are you a um, big like Sanoderm, Tegaderm type? Are you uh, letting the clients heal it themselves? What do you typically uh, talk about for aftercare? I mean, I think, you know, I've been tattooed enough years where I've, through the application, I know it's going to heal good. You know, there's rare, rarely that it heals bad or has like a weird healing. Um, my number one thing, and I, I like Tegaderm too. A lot of stuff, a lot of times my stuff's too big to wrap their whole arm in Tegaderm. So a lot of times we'll just, you know, just wrap it and seal it up for the night or whatever, um, which is fine for me. Uh, but the most important thing for me, whether you're using Tegaderm or, you know, washing your tattoo the first three days is the most important thing. 
I don't care what you use on it really, as long as you wash it three times a day for the first three days, like it's gonna heal. Like, like the biggest problem is, is people don't wash off the plasma and everything that's sort of coming out of it. And that's what forms a scab. So if you're not washing, it's not gonna heal right. So that's the biggest thing. I mean, you could use Aquaphor, Hustle Butter, whatever you wanna use, but as long as you're washing it, it's gonna be fine. Like use what you're comfortable with, just make sure you wash it. And I think Tegaderm works great. I mean, if, if I'm doing a small area on somebody, and I can put Tegaderm on them, I'd love to put it on them because I know that it feels better being more protected. Yeah. Like if I'm getting tattooed, I'd love to have Tegaderm on myself. I think it's great. Um, but uh, I think, you know, with larger pieces, it's just really hard. You can't cover their whole back in, in Tegaderm. I like the traditional aftercare method. It's always worked really well. I have zero problems. So I'm not opposed to Tegaderm, but traditionally, that's, you know, works great for me. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so... Uh, aftercare is pretty simple. I, I, I noticed there's so many different ways that people answer that question. Um, some people like a dry heel, some people like a wet heel. Um, yeah. I think it's also important to like, to really drive home to people when you're getting tattooed by each individual artist. I think it's important to really listen to that artist. That 100%. artist knows how their work heals. Like my work doesn't scab a lot unless I'm doing a lot of heavy black. If yeah. I'm doing a ton of black saturation, then I'm like, hey, you're going to need to baby this a little bit more. But if I'm throwing on a black and gray half sleeve, I'm like, you could almost do nothing to this thing and it's going to be fine. So I think it's just really yep. important that yep. people let the artist for each tattoo, even if you've been to that artist before, like, you know, let the artist explain to you how to take care of that particular tattoo, as opposed to like, oh, well, I've always done this or, they, you know, I always do this. It may not always work on everybody's yeah, the way that they tattoo. I agree with you on that for sure. So um, as we kind of start wrapping this stuff up, there's a question I really like to ask, um, which is what is one thing that you wish all of your clients knew before contacting you? Oh, that's an interesting question. You didn't prep me with that at all, did you? <laughs> um, I didn't, I'm sorry. Well, you know, I guess here's... Here's what they probably would be good to know. You know, if you get tattooed by me, we're probably going to become friends. Like we, time, then we probably will start another project if we connect. Because usually, the people that I choose to tattoo or that choose me or like that once we we mesh, it becomes more of you know almost like a lifelong type of friendship or commitment, um, and so you'll probably know me for a long time. So hope you like me. <laughs> but so, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's fun. I think that people, you know, I think they don't know how much fun it is to get tattooed. And I think, you know, there's, there's obviously there's this huge therapy, which, you know, you'll, you'll hear more about me from that in the future here, but there's a huge therapy to getting tattooed and seeing your, your friend, your tattoo artist and, and people every month at the tattoo shop that becomes a real big part of your life. And I think that uh, people really don't know about that side of tattooing, that it's super healthy and it's super, there's such a deeper connection to being with people in, in the tattoo shop that people even know. It's almost as good for the soul as it is for how your body looks after you get tattooed. So let's let's dive into that. Um, I really wanna talk about, let's talk about your book. Let's talk about, um, what uh, what you were just touching upon about um, the, the 
the therapy aspects involved in tattooing. I'd really like to hear your take and, and talk to me about the book you're writing. Yeah, I mean, I think there's this, the, the term tattoo therapy, it's sort of this general term. We've, we've been throwing around for years, you know, it's fun, like get, get your tattoo therapy. I mean, but, you know, as the years have went on, it, it becomes, it becomes so much more therapeutic. And I didn't, I've, over the last couple of years through interviews people have did with me, I started talking more and more about it. And I was like, oh, wow, I guess I'm really interested in this part of the tattooing. And I wrote a little blog about the essentialness of getting tattooed during the, the pandemic and whatnot. And I started thinking a lot about like, like I don't want to be a tattoo therapist. I don't want to sit there and talk about everybody's problems all day. That's not dude, you tend to talk through a lot of things in your life. You tend to get to know your artists. You tend to sort of work through things, whether you like it or not. You start sharing good moments, family moments. You start sharing the bad things that are in your life. You start sharing your life. Your tattoo artist becomes a little bit of a confidant, you know. Um, you might share ideas or passions or, or you might connect with somebody that you like, ends up taking you skydiving together or something. You might connect on something else. And there's just a lot of positive things that happen once you start getting tattooed beyond just, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot more to it. And so I, I've been writing a lot about it and I'll have a book that'll be finished probably late February. It should be released. And it is about the therapeutic effects of tattoo. And I think it's, I'm digging into a lot of like deeper parts of it. Um, a lot of parts of just, even the idea of having something to look forward to every month is great therapy. Having something on the books in your future is therapeutic for people. And um, I think, uh, I think people don't really like think about tattoos that much as that. They think about just getting a sick tat. Like, and that's great too, but there's a lot more to it. And I. I kind of want to share more of that with people that don't quite know that. And I think people that get tattooed and have full sleeves and, and stuff, they get to that point where like, they really, they enjoy their time for more than just the tattoo. And uh, I think there's, there's a lot of fun that, that, you know, you and I as artists, we can share that with people that, that don't really even think about that part. Yeah, that's something on a, on a slightly different note that I've been diving into too a lot lately. Um, well, first of all, let me ask you, uh, does the book have a title yet? The working title is The Therapy of Tattoo. So nice. you'll notice I've been changing a lot of things. Um, I've been changing a lot of like my my Facebook uh, business page will become The Therapy of Tattoo. You know, the, the TikTok thing, I've did a lot of sharing on there and some testing on, on, on this stuff. So I have a dozen videos up there talking about The Therapy of Tattoo. Um, I've started posting them on my Instagram, but Instagram is more of a portfolio. I'm going to use some other, you know, YouTube. I started the therapy of tattoo. It's all to sort of support this book and, but more like the idea of it, you know, and um, a lot of my video work now is, is talking about people's day and the day in a life of getting tattooed and a little bit more of how it feels for them, client experience type stuff. I just think that there's, I've been just posting I really post more stuff about the process and and like just our tattoo day and our client's experience. And I want to post more of that stuff. And I think it'll be, it's just, I don't know, it's a, a different perspective and you still get to post your sick tattoos, but people get to see more of how people, how it's helping them in their life beyond just the color on their skin. Well, and I think that that's, you know, I, I recently did a podcast, a real quick one on um, tattooing your body for the sake of, um, feeling good about yourself. So essentially, I, don't, I actually don't even remember the title of my own podcast, but 
essentially what I was talking about. I've been dealing with a lot of women right. who come in and, um, you know, they're, they come to me and like, oh, what do you want? Okay, well, I don't really know. I'm trying to accomplish this. And so like I, one of the best examples I use is I have a, a female client of mine who works out religiously. Like, I think she's fucking stunning. Her figure is amazing. Um, I wouldn't notice a flaw on her, but there's a part of her, uh, it was on her leg. No matter how hard she works out, she has a hard time losing the, the little bit of fat left in that area on her body. Right. And it drives her fucking crazy when she's in the gym. And she's like, I'm tired yeah. of fucking looking at it. And so it used to be this idea that like, right, people would get tattooed because they're insecure. And I talk about this all the time. Well, duh, we're fucking insecure. We're all insecure. We're all insecure in some way, shape or form. If you can kind of grasp that insecurity and get a handle on it and say, okay, I am insecure about this. What can I do to change right. that? And rather than, right. you know, it's okay for us to get plastic surgery. It's okay for us to get, you know, our nails painted and our hair dyed and this kind of stuff. Why is it not okay to tattoo a certain part of your body to take it from an area that you think is flawed to an area that you now find beautiful? And what that really does is starts to change your inner monologue about how you feel about yourself and it builds confidence and it builds self-esteem. And to take somebody and help insert self-esteem into their psyche is fucking huge. Like that's, that is probably one of my most favorite things about what I do is taking somebody's body and they go, yeah, I like this, it's okay to dude i fucking look dope like that's a yeah, really exactly. that's some deep set shit that you are actually yeah. now helping this person build genuine confidence which you can't buy well you can if you buy a tattoo right um yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i i love this concept it's something i'm really um passionate about as well that it's yes yeah. dope tattoos are cool i i've got lots of like bullshit dope tattoos that don't mean anything um but at the same time sometimes the image itself doesn't have to have as much meaning as as you were talking about like process on the body and that kind of thing like i think it's so cool that you are also leaning down this road of how is it actually affecting us when we get tattooed Absolutely. You know, I, I have obviously in, in the therapy of tattoo, I have a chapter dedicated 100% to that concept. And I think you and I should do a, a separate little concept podcast piece or something to maybe support that because the way you expressed it is exactly on par with what I think and feel. And I think that us as tattoo artists, we know that we know that like makes and that helps us emotionally. It's really simple, but it's there. And there's so much there's so much to that. There's so much therapy to that that people don't even know. And people that don't even get tattoos, they're, they're like, why do you get all tattooed up? Like, I mean, just on the basics of it, it makes me feel good because I look good. Yeah. It's like shopping, you know? Yeah. Shop for clothes. It's like, it's like shopping therapy. You shop for clothes, makes you feel good. You put on a nice shirt that you like, put a nice on a nice tattoo that you like. You're going to feel good. But it's permanent. And so, now you get to yeah. like feel that way forever. I've also... Um, have you ever experienced working the therapy side with cutters, with, with people who have self-harm scars? 
Well, yeah, I mean, you have you have people that have burned. Um, I have a mastectomy client that we're starting her product next week. Um, I, think, I feel like over the years and the process of covering them or them committing to covering them or them committing to to changing that part of them. I mean, that's that's on therapeutic sense. That is the ultimate therapy that we can really do in that sense is really help somebody, you know, change their body back to something that feels more normal and more comfortable. I mean, it's, that's huge. That's heavy, you know? Well, and I think like, you know, I dealt with, I've, I've actually worked with a few different psychologists, clinical psychologists on the, on the subject. Um, and one of them in particular was working. She primarily worked with uh, people who self-harm and the cycle of self-harm and how, um, when you cut, you cut to feel, and then you feel, and then you feel guilty, and then you self-deprecate, and then you cut again. And it creates this loop, right? Um, that a lot of her, her clients would deal with. Once they got to a point where they could at least stop to a certain degree, uh, we found it extremely helpful for them to come in and cover up the, the scars with tattoos. And it did two things. One, it gave them the feels sensation that they were originally looking for. Two, it covered up the actual scars so the self-deprecating loop can slow down. Three, it makes them not want to harm the tattoo. They don't right. want to mess up the tattoo. So they stop exactly. at the very least in that area. And now they look down and they can find joy. And again, that confidence and self-esteem in, oh my God, look how beautiful I look or look how beautiful the tattoo is, even if they can't apply it to themselves yet to stopping a very self-sabotaging mental derogatory loop. So you can actually right. pull them out of this looping pattern through tattooing, which is fucking amazing. Like I never thought yeah. when I got into this that it would be that deep, right? Right. Well, think about also everything you said about that is 100% on par, but think about them actually committing to covering it with a tattoo making a mental commitment to changing or being better, that is dividends and, and getting better. Cause you're, you're like, you know what? I'm going to get this cause I don't want to do this anymore. I want to feel better. So you're making this mental commitment and you did it. So that means you're like, okay, well now I can do something else. I did that. I feel stronger for myself. Now I can do something else. It gives them strength knowing that they actually made a, a selective change to help themselves. And I think that's, just as powerful. I think that's a wonderful point. Um, you know, I think that that's, that's super, that's, that's a great point to look at is just the act of doing it alone is enough to, you know, pat yourself on the back for and empower yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a wonderful point. I definitely would love to get together with you um, and do maybe some other podcasts, do some TikToks, do some yeah. fun stuff like that on this subject. Cause it is very much the exact road I'm going down. Is, it's kind of yeah. fortuitous that uh, yeah, because I've, I've been following your Instagram for a while. Um, and I don't even remember how I came across you originally. I think maybe through Nathan's page. Um, I, I don't even know, but I've been uh, following you for a while. And um, actually one of the reasons I really that your page and, and your stuff stood out to me more than maybe other people was actually like the cinematography aspect of it. I don't know if it's you that's doing most of your B-roll and recording or if it's somebody else that you have working with you or whatever, we can have a conversation about that another time too. Yeah, a lot of it. I got a little levels. <laughs> but it's super impressive, you know? And I was just like, wow, like 
it it made it very clear to me that you gave a shit about what you were doing. And there was yeah. just something to me that was attractive about what you were doing that I was like, you know, I really feel like this guy is the type of artist that I'm looking to talk to that we should shed more light on um, who are really like kind of, I don't want to say taking it to the next level because I, I, I don't mean it like people who aren't, aren't taking it to the next level, but in this particular way, um, really kind of focusing on the, on the depth and the integrity and, you know, what, what can we really accomplish here? And what are we really doing? And I guess a philosophical approach um, and kind of stepping up the bar and, and, you know, at least for us doing better than we did the day before and how else can we help this kind of thing. Um, right. And it's funny because you and I have never really had any other conversation than today. This morning for a second. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just think it's really cool that we actually are very, very much um, on the same page when it comes to really diving down the different aspects of not just, you know, cliche tattoo therapy, but how tattooing genuinely affects us as human beings and what we can accomplish with it other than just beautiful imagery. Yeah, I think the universe draws people together for the right reasons. I agree. We got work um, to do. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we are definitely, as they say, vibrating on the same tone level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, so I think we can pretty much uh, talk about one last thing of yours, which is, do you want to touch upon your client caddy? I think it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I mean, the client caddy, you know, I think for art, you know, for tattoo artists that haven't seen it, it's very simple. It's a little stand that sits next to your client, holds their phone and their drink and their food and their wallet and their sunglasses, all that crap that they spread up all over our station. That's, that's what it holds. It's really simple. It's an easy, fun idea. And now I probably have uh, almost all 50 states. I think we're missing two states, but you know, there's caddies all over the place. Um, it's just a fun side project, almost like something that I've, I don't want to say a gift to the tattoo community, but something that I created for our community. And I think some people see it and they're like, ah, I have a TV tray stand. That's all I need. Well, that's fine. But this is something that's cool that that's unique too, that can make your studio look really nice. Uh, and so you have to check it out. Anybody that's a tattoo artist that's watching this, um, check out the client. Just really cool. It can elevate your shop if it's something you're down with. Um, I know we like it. And I know, you know, 500 other people have liked it so far. So uh, as far as like, you know, there's a, they're in about 500 shops. So that's cool. Um, and again, it's just side project just for fun, you know. Well, and I think it's a cool product that could be marketed also to like hairdressers and nail techs and things like that, where yeah. if you're providing a service where your client comes down and sets down their fucking baggage in your, in your place, yeah. then, then it's a really, it's just a cool little extra thing. And I think, you know, tattooers and hairstylists and those of us who enjoy creating a particular type of space for our clients and who enjoy providing a good service to our clients, it's just another one of those cool niche items yeah. that you can have that's just a little bit more upgraded than maybe your neighbor yep oh a lot of hairstylists actually purchase it it's pretty funny yeah um, actually a, a photographer this morning bought one he had mentioned to me before that his, his photo shoots people come in to do a photo shoot they don't know where to set anything so he bought one for his people for their photo shoots like it's like family portraits or whatever he does more portrait or portraiture type stuff but um yeah pretty funny i've had you know, artists buy them for the studios. I have gamers buy them for their gaming station. It's just a little nice stand to set all your shit down in. Awesome. And where can people find it? 
uh, theclientcaddy.com. Okay. It's pretty easy. Perfect. Super I'll easy. have her put it up on uh, on the YouTube thing if when they do the edits so they can, uh, or a link in the explanation. Very cool. Uh, so people can link to that. And then, yeah, I say, you know, here in the near future, you and I find some time to get together and um, talk through some of this tattoo therapy stuff and see, um, I'd love to, I'd love to share some of those UCLA um, things with you. Um, the yeah, study let's, you've done let's about do that. that. And um, let's do yeah, that. Great. yeah, and I was, uh, well, we'll get into it another time. Let's wrap this interview yeah. up. Um, because I could go into that for days. We could do a whole podcast. Yeah, I know. There's, there's hours. Look at there's a whole book that's coming on it. So right. there's there's hours and hours and hours. But um, yeah, we'll definitely get into that more. Perfect. Okay. So for this particular episode, thank you very much, Sierra Colt, for coming and talking to me about your process and um and what you have working on in the future. And uh, we will set up another time to talk soon. Thank you, Roby. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely.